Hello, hello, hello. These are your hosts, Satit and Tapan, and this is Cold Brew Money. We talk about money because your friends and family won't. Hi, Atit. How are you doing? Good, good. How are you? How's the new job? All good, all good. Still, still new in the job, uh, trying to figure out. It's such a curve. I think I wrote it in my newsletter today. Like, in PwC, I wouldn't say I knew everything, but I knew at least what I was doing on a daily basis. and like when you start a new job like you go from like 75 80 knowledge to like directly on zero trying to understand right. and like i've never used, so they use slack communication i've never used slack i mean it's not difficult but it is like a whole new thing uh and the other tools that we used uh, to run our jobs daily i'm just trying to figure out roles and responsibility it's it's very interesting also before this uh, i was in a service industry pwc right um uh my mindset was very different i had a deliver said deliverable every year which i knew i had right, to work right. on now it's on a product side so need to understand how do you improve the product like i am the owner of that product right so um, mm. it's a very interesting change but i love love the field till now the team has been super friendly everyone is nice um um it's just amazing i i really did did you tell your teammates to subscribe to our youtube channel uh yes so funny story like i sent a note uh, when i introduced like when i joined uh, my manager he sent a note to the entire team that hey this person is joining so i wrote a bio so i linked our podcast and i linked our newsletter there a lot of people reached back to me saying that uh, they i think the last episode the financial book mm-hmm. thing i think a lot of people they listened to that episode they really like oh nice so I, so i got a response i got some responses back it was nice and re- i did not re- i did not i got subscribers as well i did not think like people would subscribe or newsletter yeah i just like nice. i just added them like as hobbies or things that i do outside of work so that like people can connect yeah yeah, yeah. So, but it was really nice um yeah it's good nice uh, yeah it's fun and tech tech company right so it's a very different experience i've never worked in a oh, tech okay. so, yeah it's mm. nice nice yeah it's a transportation company by the way Yeah, transportation logistics, but tech lies in the core, so I'll call it a tech company. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's that's what the analysts are also valuing Uber at. So yeah, he's calling you... it a tech company, not a transportation company. It would cut in half if it was valued as a transportation company. I think they they um, uh, state themselves as technology logistics, something like in those in that domain, because they they have a lot of things uh, that. when i was interviewing i realized they like it's not just eats and rides right they do freights as well like right. which is part of yeah. like big part of the business they do rental also yeah and uh, so many other things which i am still learning about so it's, mm. it's, it's interesting yeah cool anyway let's start today's episode in today's episode we are discussing a book called coffee can investing and the ideas the philosophy behind the book um it was it is one of the most more recommended books in investing uh and we will share our insights on the book but before we start uh, as always if you like cold brew money please hit the subscribe button share it with your friends and family it helps us a lot we are on youtube so please hit the subscribe button there as well and leave a comment uh if you want us to read or review any other book but for now let's get started I think cool. coffee can investing. 
by Saurabh Mukherjee. I've heard a lot of good things about the book, and uh, yeah. I think I read about it for the first time when I was reading Richer, Wiser, Happier, and then I think it came up during one of our discussions as well. Um, yeah, I think we we discussed uh, uh, coffee can investing. It was one of the recommendations in the previous episode, right? About the top ten personal finance book. Uh, I think it's a great, uh, great book, easy read, um, and especially like a lot of books that I've read is uh, more the numbers and everything is more focused on US uh, uh, markets, right? This this book is based more on the Indian markets, which is. you know uh, where we are also interested in and i think a lot of audience are all, also interested in the indian markets um so the book was a book is written by saurav mukherjee uh, he is the founder and chief uh, investment officer of uh, marcellus investment managers uh, and they manage about uh, 5700 crores uh, at least that was the asset under management in february 2021 i'm pretty sure that has grown just because the market has grown and some of the the picks that he did right like the some of the um, companies in their portfolio are have done like amazingly well um like divis labs and uh, uh, relaxo and all of that we will get into like some of the companies uh, in in you know as we go down the list but yeah um, we will basically uh, coffee can portfolio or coffee can investing was uh, coined by uh, this guy in Los Angeles so the, there's this capital group uh, which is like the world's largest asset manager uh, management firms with like uh, more than a trillion dollars um, they they manage more than a trillion dollars and robert kripke uh, joined uh, the capital in the 1965 where his job uh, involved basically advising high net uh, worth individuals on investing and managing their portfolio and uh, nearly like 20 years uh, later after like he whatever he learned from in managing all the money like he joined in 1965 and then in 19 uh, around 1985 or 1984 he wrote a note basically like a memo of sorts uh, called the coffee can portfolio um, and he wrote uh, this because like one of his clients husband uh, bought uh, companies like he used to just invest $5000 in one company and then forget about it right he would not sell anything just keep on buying and this buy and forget uh, uh portfolio performed better than any strategy that he was using for active management right so uh, he he basically coined this term called coffee can portfolio uh, because like coffee can um, like uh, harkens back to the wild west to when americans before widespread event of banks saved their valuables in a coffee can and kept it under a mattress so all the bills and all the coins and everything they used to put it inside like a coffee can oh. and stuff it under the mattress that's like where a, it comes like like a piggy bank kind of a thing Yeah, yeah. And you just uh, put things in it. You don't remove it. It was hardly uh, anyone would remove from that. It was like a savings thing, right? Because the banks were not a thing, right? There were there were no apps where you can check your balance, basically. So you keep it under your mattress. It, it was easy to carry. If you had to, you know, fled or if you want to uh, move somewhere else, you could just take that, and that's that's. where you would save everything so that's why uh, it's called coffee can uh, you put all the high quality like your savings basically inside the scan and then forget about it let it do what it's uh, doing 
So let's t- talk about like the five key takeaways. I just uh, finished this like very recently, and these are some of the five uh, you know key takeaways that I thought would is interesting in the books. So and there are like lots of figures and lots of graphs and everything. Um, I would highly recommend anyone who is interested in like Indian. Uh, investing in the Indian markets, uh, read through the book because uh, we will talk about like high-level concepts from the book. But uh, if you are interested in like the nitty-gritty of the numbers, like uh, it's a it's a great read. Uh, so anyone who wants to dive deep, feel free to you know order the book, uh, read that in. So with that, let's let's dive into the takeaways. The first takeaway is the philosophy, right? Um, the the point about when he wrote this book uh, basically he did a bunch of research uh, doing like where is the majority of money net worth of indian uh, household invested in right where where is it invested in and it is very different from like western countries or developed nation basically like overwhelming dominance of uh, physical investments like gold and real estate is very very prominent in indian household like 88% of uh, indian investors wealth is in gold and real estate uh it's it's crazy like i don't think anyone in us uk or any any you know major developed countries has like 80 90% of their uh, net worth in real estate or like uh, gold or any physical goods basically uh out of that physical uh, 88% of the physical goods right 77% is real estate um and another 10% 11% is in gold only 5% is in financial assets and this includes like fds uh and if you include like stocks and bonds that is even less than 5% right so the, the and this is this number is from 2017 so it's not like you know too too much in the past i don't think it has changed a lot maybe covid has had an effect but we'll have to see like whether uh, it will be interesting to see how much it has changed but you can see like there's room to grow for financial assets right like the philosophy for an indian uh, you know investor is mainly ki real estate mein dalo gold mein dalo that is where our money should go but i think it is changing and financial assets will start seeing a lot more um, lot more money going into them so um, it's just surprising that so much is in real estate it's it's like i can't yeah. fathom the number you know it's it's so much it's crazy um and i think it's it's a lot to do with uh, the you know how the real estate has performed in india you know like land is scarce and the population is growing right that's like the idea and i think the infrastructure for financial assets were not this great right zero that wasn't there like uh, 20 years back when our you know fathers were actually investing in their prime right so i think that has to do uh, a lot as well like apis and integrating with your bank and all of that has become so much easier in the past 5 years it's it's difficult to imagine uh, putting a lot of money in the stocks and uh, stock market like in the you know late 80s or early 90s but yeah, it's it's shockingly high even i was surprised when i looked at that number i thought it might be 50% but like 77 is like crazy um but that that is the idea like um instead of 
uh, you first have to change your philosophy if you're an Indian investor mm-hmm. that you might want to consider have having more exposure to financial assets than real estate uh, if you're saving up for like your home and everything that's great but also look towards like financial assets as well uh, it has become more easier to you know participate in that market these days and if you use the coffee can portfolio it's even easier like the philosophy for coffee can portfolio is very straightforward uh, it's investment filters to identify 10 to 25 high quality stocks and then leave the portfolio untouched for a decade like don't do anything for 10 years right it is that simple that is the the overarching philosophy of coffee can investing we'll get into how to identify those 10 to 25 high quality stocks uh, but that that is the idea like buy and forget so there is a formula on basis which you can narrow down whatever 600 700 companies and sensex uh to down to 10 to 20 good businesses you buy those businesses and just leave them for a decade yeah yeah um and and the the beauty about not holding it right for a long period of time and only holding like 10 to 25 is uh, you can see that because like that that goes to a second key takeaway which are the expenses right if you are like an active trader or if you're buying and selling like every week or every day you are paying transaction fee right also like the brokerage fee i think it's about Uh, 0.5 or something like that like every, when you buy it's 0.5 and when you sell it's 0.5 so you're essentially paying 1% of your uh, of your transaction fee just to the broker so broker is getting rich every time you make a transaction right so he will encourage he will keep calling you uh, you know to with the, the latest uh, hot item stock that you should buy because he's he's profiting from the activity that you're doing so uh, if you if you follow the coffee can uh, investing uh you take away the transaction fee like literally there's only one trans uh, two transactions happening in uh, a decade right for for one one uh, stock there are other other things like annual fees right if you go through let's say you you hand over your money to like a uh, uh some wealth manager or let's say you invest in mutual funds you don't pick stocks right you invest in the, these mutual funds they have uh, fund managers who will charge like annual fee right these are expense ratios you won't even see that uh, that taken out from your portfolio you won't see that line item in the transaction statements that you have right that's that was the most shocking thing right you don't even realize like let's say the whatever uh, return that put mutual fund has done let's say it does 10% over a year right and the expense ratio i think the average expense ratio in india is about 2% it is coming down it was much higher but it has come down to 2% and i and i think it'll keep keep on going down but um, you you essentially made only 8% because the the fund manager will take away 2% every year and we've discussed this before right 2% every year can add up to like lots of money over like 20 years 30 years so you 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 are building your portfolio so you take away that also you remove the transaction fees you're removing the the management fees because you're not giving money to any anyone to manage right and then there are like other hidden fees like there are lots of fancy instruments that the financial market will keep on selling to you like uh, different insurance products different you know all, all sorts of uh fun stuff uh, which which will look shiny but those have like hidden fees and the the way it is structured is very difficult for any like average investor to actually completely understand so um there might be hidden fees that you are not even aware about 
so uh, all these expenses matter over a very long period of time is what he was uh, you know sarav mukherjee was trying to say as well that um the the financial industry is incentivized to collect these fees and um the all the different taxes also right the government also levies high high taxes so if you keep on doing transaction if you buy fancier products you might be uh, giving away putting a lot of money on the table so the next t- uh, key takeaway is let's talk about the meat of the the idea right narrowing down the companies right so uh, the there are about 5000 publicly traded companies listed 5000 not 500 okay Did I say five hundred? No, I said five hundred initially. Oh yeah, there are five thousand, uh, yeah. but you would see like most of them are not even worth investing, right? You you want to narrow down from those five thousand to like ten to twenty five. So uh, first filter that you put is any company with less than hundred crores. I'm not interested in, right? So any company with more than hundred crore of market cap is what I look at. If you put that filter, you only you are left with like fifteen hundred companies. Okay, mm. these numbers are from 2017. It might have changed uh, in 2021. We might do an up, uh, you know, an update uh, for these uh, for 2021. But from 5,000, if you put a filter of market cap more than 100 crores, uh, you'll be left with 1,500 companies. In 100 and- crore, I don't know if you know the answer. Like in terms of Indian market, 100 crore is like mid cap or it's only large cap. I, no, it's definitely uh, like it's actually smaller cap, oh, smaller okay. to micro. Yeah, okay. I would say I, I think a thousand crores is where you start getting into like uh, mid cap. Um, so anything less than thousand crore is small cap. So right now yeah. we're just removing the penny stocks. Yeah, basically removing the penny stock or uh, some some company which is just there and operated very low uh, volume, just operated by the you know the owners and. just listed for the heck of it right so you remove uh, majority of the companies left with 1500 now if you uh, if the next filter that you put in is the company should be growing their sales or their top line by 10% every year at least 10% every year for the past 10 years right so um, if you if you put that you would that filter you would come you will reduce that by i think a magnitude like you'll be left with like 150 companies because very few companies have been able to grow their sales uh, by 10 in double digits for 10 years consecutively right um, and the last filter that you put in to narrow down the universe of companies is return on capital employed should be more than 15% More than or equal to fifteen percent over past decade, past ten years. So now I think you'll be left with from that one fifty companies, you might have like fifteen or ten companies because again, doing that is is very difficult. Um, and we will talk about why uh, why they choose like ten uh, percent for sales and fifteen percent for uh, return on capital employed. But this is the the meat of the formula. This is the coffee can formula basically. Company for Indian companies, companies growing, uh, um, companies with market cap of hundred crores, uh, more than hundred crores, um, top line growing at ten percent for the past decade. Uh, return on capital employed uh, is more than fifteen percent for the past decade. Yeah. It sounds very much similar to magic formula investing by John Greenblatt. 
right i think even that i read in richo wise app where you just go and put in the number of stocks you want to invest in and then um, there's a website called magic formula investing if anyone wants to check out right yeah yeah and you just enter the number of uh, stocks you want and but they they, they uh, john greenblatt says sees that you sell all the stocks in your portfolio every year right is, right there's a lot of turnover in that yeah. that particular formula um and you you'll be able to find out how well it is doing um after the taxes and the fees you you should be because it's such a popular formula people have done like the studies on it and i think it still holds up and beats the market so it works even if someone who wants to be more active in the market they could probably look at that formula we could we could do another episode on that as well you know that's a good good idea um but yeah this this is the formula now let's talk about why why the sales growth should be in double digits right um in the book he, they they say like uh, the indian nominal gdp uh, rate has averaged about 13 14% over the past 10 years okay now nominal gdp growth is different from real gdp uh, because nominal gdp growth is not adjusted for inflation um so uh it it basically has the gdp has grown by 14% and what is if you don't know what gdp is we we talk about that in like the older episodes we'll link it in the show description um but if the indian uh, economy as a whole gdp has grown by 13 14% then the a company which is a part of this indian economy should be able to deliver should be able to grow their sales with a similar magnitude right so the number in the book is 13.8% and if you put in 13.8 and they tried this they they put 13.8% and they were only left with nine companies okay it <laughs> for the past 10 years only nine companies have been able to grow their top line uh, more than 13.8% so they they made it uh, to increase the number of companies they they reduced it to 10% or more it's so, it's similar to when we do a dcf calculation right we say like what will be the discount it needs to be what your index fund returns right over yeah. year after so it's very similar to that like how quickly the indian economy is right. growing and basis that the business should be at least beating the economy in terms of growth right right exactly so now you can use this model to apply to any country right you know if you know the the gdp growth of let's say china then you might be able to identify the a similar coffee can company in china by using this model which is basically it should be equal to or more than the gdp growth rate of the company over the past 10 years All right similarly let's talk about uh, the return on capital employed right so return on capital employed basically let's talk about what that actually is uh, it's a met- metric that measures the efficiency of capital deployment for a company calculated as a ratio of earnings before uh, tax uh, interest and tax uh, in the numerator and capital deployed which is the sum of debt liabilities and shareholders equity in the denominator basically it measures uh, how much money are they getting back after putting in the money that we've given to the to the company right if i give you certain money i give you 100 dollars and after a year you get back like you have 120 dollars the return on capital employed would be 20 right you you generated 20 dollars worth of value i'm not saying cash 
I'm saying twenty dollars worth of value over the year, right? So you've deployed it in a way where you getting you're able to get twenty percent capital employed. So similarly, when companies can raise capital through debt and equities, right, by sh- issuing shareholder equity, like uh, for all of us, like through an IPO. who uh, like a uh, public can participate in and they can also uh, also issue bonds and that is like the debt way of uh, raising the money um, and they use this money to deploy to invest in different projects and what kind of returns are they able to generate from those uh, projects is basically is what this is calculating so return on capital employed should be about 15% because uh this is also like hurdle uh, you could say it's a hurdle rate where uh it's a bare minimum return required to beat the cost of capital right so the cost of capital is how much uh, money you would it's like a risk free rate basically right it's a little higher than risk free rate so let's say your risk free rate is about 8% right your fd rate is 8% um and you want to ask like a premium on that 8% because you would get 8% if you invested in like something risk free like a like an fd so you like okay let me put in uh, give me at least double of that so right a double of 8 would be 16 right or you add like maybe little not double but about uh, more than 90% so you add like 6 to 7% extra on top of the risk free rate so that's why they came up with 15 um and in 2017 you were able to get 8% risk free but covid has brought that down significantly now you get about 4% on your fd if you are lucky so um that's that's how they came up with 15 again use this model uh, and you could basically come up with uh, a number for any any uh, country you could see what the risk free rate for that country is and double it or add uh, risk uh, equity risk premium on top of it you should be able to find equity risk premium on uh, on a lot of websites uh, i think professor uh, ashwath damodaran also calculates equity risk premium for a lot of con- countries i think more than 100 countries so that's why return on capital employed okay so to summarize the these key takeaways right like uh, um you want to be invested in the in the equity markets because um, it it is at least in india it is going to grow over the next uh, 10 years like more and more households are going to participate in the public markets um and um, the the overarching philosophy for kofigan investing is to identify 10 to 15 uh 10 to 25 high quality stocks and then leave the portfolio untouched for a decade you don't do anything doesn't matter what the market does don't do anything uh by doing this you are reducing your expenses because you're not doing transactions there are no annual fees attached because you are the one managing your uh money and there are no hidden fees that you should be uh, you know you should be concerned about uh, to narrow down these companies you look at the sales growth you look at the return on capital employed and the total uh, the total market cap of the company and uh, for indian markets if you uh, you should your your company should at least uh, have earned double digits return in the last 10 years uh, and also uh, should have 15% or more in capital employed. Okay. It's a good strategy, very straightforward, simple to think. I think the difficult part is putting the money and not worrying about it for 10 years. I think that sounds very simple, 
overall but uh, when you think about it whether there are downsides upside you might want to remove it get the profit out whatever so it's, it's that that is the tough part i feel yeah you know like that that's that's where the human element comes into the picture right like you have it's more about psychology of money than the numbers right it's more about the story and the emotion than than the numbers like if this this formula actually worked right and it was this simple um then everyone would do this like machines would and the accountants would be the richest people right but there's more more to that than this it's a great starting point right this this these formulas a great starting point and it teaches you a lot of concepts i think uh, a lot of discipline is required though to actually put it into practice yeah yeah it's almost like if this was working 100% then we could like create a robo advisor app and just use yeah. the coffee can form i mean a lot of people do that and they charge amazing amount of fees for it right mm-hmm. a lot of mutual funds in the end are basically like closet in- indexers right mm-hmm. you could just buy the the amount of port- companies they own in the portfolio is equal to like if you own like a etf or an right. index etf right so a lot of people are already doing that and making a lot of money like they'll charge 2% 1% on that and then it's nothing special right they're just tracking the index Hilarious. Yeah, they are just tracking the index. In the long term, they would beat the index by two, three percent, which is not worth the fees that you're paying. So, um, yeah. But let's let's uh, to end end this episode, right? Or end this topic. Uh, we promised like the the coffee the companies inside this coffee can for 2017. Um, let's see what those are. And this is from the book. Um, the the companies in in coffee can portfolio for 2017 were HDFC Bank, HCL Technologies, Lupin, LIC Housing Finance, Page Industries, Guru Finance, Amaraja Batteries, Abbott India, Astral Poly, Doctor Lalpat Labs, Repco Home Finance. Muthut Capital Services and all of these companies have done amazingly well over the last from 2017 at least um and i think uh, uh, if if it were to be and this is supposed to be in the portfolio for 10 years right so it's still uh, a good hold for another what 6 6 years until yeah. 2027 oh, great uh yeah we can also if you would like us to do that we can check the actual values for those compared to 2017 we can look at all of those companies cool uh but that was it for this episode's a summary of coffee can investing and what uh, are the concepts or the main ideas of the book as atit said before if if you want to get into investing like it's a very good like book to read and get started with for beginners to understand how to you select businesses that you can invest in and it's a very interesting strategy to go about that but for now thank you for listening and again if you like cold brew money please share it with your friends family it helps us a lot reach out to us on twitter instagram it's at cold brew money um if you have any feedback right uh, and we also have a website that's coldbrew.money where we have tools that will help you to value businesses using dcf model but for now these were your host atit and tapan and this is coldbrew money